Chapter Eight of From Sunrise Land Letters from Japan by Amy Carmichael. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Eight Torches, Thoughts, and a Typhoon. O Lord, that I could waste my life for others with no ends of my own, that I could pour myself into my brothers and live for them alone such was the life thou livest self-abjuring thine own pains never easing our burdens bearing our just doom enduring a life without self-pleasing faber yokohama matsuya october first we had a pretty little journey up the lake to matsuya the rice is ripening for its second harvest and the setting sun shone on sheets of gold on either side as we entered the narrower waters when we reached the bridge the short twilight had darkened and the upper lake was lighted with hundreds of torchlights where the fishermen in their sampans and quaint one-masted junks were out for a night's work when bedtime comes in hotel life they give you a candle encased in a shade wherein it abides in faintness and peace until morning these torches with their wild flare were out in the open where rain might fall or storm blow roughly out in the dark out with the fishermen then we thought and prayed together over this asking that we might be god's torches far from the easy places far from all care for mere comfort or safety kept from getting inside soft shades unless at the word of the king kept from settling down to life's least and that is as possible here as at home why do home people pedestal missionaries so we need praying for instead that the fire may ever be burning for manifold are the devil's devices to quietly water it out so we prayed together m san and i and some fine verses whose i know not rang through me as we waited watching the moving lights upon the water full long our feet the flowery ways of peace have trod content with creed and garb and phrase a harder path in earlier days led up to god too cheaply truths once purchased dear are made our own too long the world has smiled to hear our boast of full corn in the ear by others sown to see us stir the martyr fires of long ago and wrap our satisfied desires in the singed mantles that our sires have dropped below oh let the cross our worthies bore on us be laid professions quiet sleep be o'er in actions earnest scale once more our faith be weighed to suffer well is well to serve stint not nor stay the years have never dropped their sand on mortal issues vast and grand as ours to-day oh small shall seem all sacrifice and pain and loss when god shall wipe the weeping eyes for suffering gives the victor's prize the crown for cross how you would have enjoyed the meeting tonight if one may use such a word it was packed it strictly speaking consisting of the large open front the broad roadway and surrounding vicinity there were a number of men and lads perhaps a soul was among them a pole to be all through they listened well making none of the usual noise and confusion if those who spoke and we who prayed were in the spirit work has been done for eternity but some of the young men came only to hear and compare it all with the teaching of their sceptical books the west's last gift to the east 
the poison cup of modern thought with its tincture of babblings profane and vain and oppositions of science falsely so called whereof if a soul drink or a nation it drinks its own death warrant is it not a cruel gift from christendom to heathendom oh for the coming of the king conquering and to conquer truly in vain is salvation hoped for from the churches or from the multitude of missionary societies truly in the lord our god is the salvation of his world october sixth i have come to stay with mary until she goes to yonago an important outstation needing help poor sarah has broken down and been ordered home and mr and mrs parrot went eastward in summer so our little band is thinning sadly is it not a comfort to lean back upon the fact that god loves his work and his people far better than we can do and knows all about it too only one wants that the camp may be holy and every fight a jericho just now the curio shops are full of ancient metal mirrors carved on one side polished on the other here are two i got the other day both were in use perhaps hundreds of years ago more and more as one sees proof of the genius artistic and otherwise of this noble japanese race one longs that it should be one for the king a jewel rare and costly redeemed with the precious blood some students called to-day for spiritual conversation as they said they know a little english and sometimes astonish with startling bits of grandiloquence gleaned from phrase-books and grammars i learned as i listened how trying to the risibilities my japanese must be to them and how perfect their courtesy is for they bow one through one's blunders with unruffled suavity betraying no emotion sometimes however their little quotations are not so far out said one when mary asked him what was left if he took god out of the universe a plus and a minus which equals nothing was her rejoinder and his quick wit would appreciate the point his blunder had hit one of the happiest bits of my work is a weekly bible reading in english with a christian student who reads genesis much as an english schoolboy would read ivanhoe it is most refreshing and we have lovely times together i learning far more from him than he can from me it is evening and the temple gong is sounding you know how a church bell tolls when the funeral procession draws near it is just like that one note then silence another and again a pause intensely sad and solemn it always seems to me a death knell with no glad resurrection music ringing through we are surrounded by idols this morning in the grey of the dawn sounds under my window startled me three low claps then a voice quite close and clear three more claps then quiet i got up and looked out but saw nothing afterwards we found that during our absence two old shrines in the garden had been furbished up there were prayer papers flowers and rice and some lately offered cakes so the hand-clap under my window explained itself it was someone worshipping idols even within christian ground october twelfth we have got the house photoed for your delectation the trio standing in the upper window must be taken on faith for mary sarah and me this is the house back its front is to the town the mulberry field is in full leaf now likewise the frogs in full croak they live in the stagnant trenches by the side of the innocent green october fifteenth and now for a leaf from the book of the unexpected 
when we woke on saturday morning it was to find a typhoon whirling round us all day we lived in a state of what next one moment the large window in my room was blown out the next the great pine tree in the garden was torn up by the roots and hurled across the wall the roar around was deafening we could hardly hear ourselves speak they put up the wooden shutters so we lived in semi-darkness it was exciting but nothing to what was coming that afternoon i sallied forth clad in weatherproofs but was drenched in no time for it poured and poured the domestics had been in a state of mind about my venturing out at all but they told of broken bridges flying housetops etc and it was no good trying to keep cooped up in the house when such deeds were a-doing this morning Matsio was flooded between us and the lake on the one side was nothing now road mulberry field garden all a great wide waste of waters between us and the street on the other was a deep quickly deepening canal we seemed to be on the swim for underneath us was water too it was raining hard and still that tempestuous whirl circled round and round well we breakfasted somewhat vaguely watching the rising of the water meanwhile when it began to creep over the veranda steps we took up the mats and before long were in the thick of a flitting for we knew that once upon the veranda the uninvited visitor would take immediate possession of the lower story and the only safe place for us and ours would be upstairs just then there was a commotion outside the landlord and his family had been drowned out and had taken refuge with us there too stood mr buxton he had waded through two and a half miles of water it was getting deeper every moment and we must come at once back with him to akayama there he was knee-deep just outside the door and looking tired enough but he came in helped stay with the servants and our own poor people who might be frightened had we known there would be real danger soon we wouldn't couldn't have left them so off we started i got my plunge over first as mary and m san were carried through the earlier deep bit the sooner the rather peculiar sensation of just stepping in is over the better many a piteous sight we saw as we hurried along little children crying wildly being carried out of wet rooms into wetter boats for the very few which were obtainable were in great request poor drenched creatures tying up bundles of clothes or pulling at bits of furniture trying to save their household gods from immediate drowning worst of all old men and women with ashy faces and drooping heads half hanging half being held upon men's backs as they were rescued from the rapidly rising waters as i write i seem to see one old worn form with long straggling grey hair all wet and limp we couldn't bear to look at him but that one glimpse was heart-rending everywhere was debris sticking round the corners tearing along in the current telling of ruined homes god comfort them poor homeless ones to-night at last we got to akayama wet oh so wet poor mary is very tired she wasn't fit for the walk and the wedding it is not an easy thing to keep up with driving wind and rain and water nearly up to your waist but she got through it and i trust will not be the worse for it and now all day we had been hearing accounts of the greatly increasing floods they say that if the water rises to the second story in yokohama the house will cave in and everything will be swept away in such a moment of dire distress it is wicked to think of one's own but my baby organ shall i ever see you again 
a few hours ago we heard cries and saw lights moving along the streets now even in this high ground full of water to stay in was not easy mr buxton jane and i could not do it so we got lanterns and waded out cautiously this time for coming up i had slipped into one of the open drains which run on both sides of the street and was up to my neck in a second we found ourselves in a venice out venice here and there the dark waters gleamed with the broken reflection of a lantern-lit sampan laden with the newly rescued or a belated fugitive feeling his way along guarding his precious light under his straw overall we found many thankful to hear that a welcome awaited them at akayama should they come as long as their houses were safe those who had upper stories wanted to stay there those who haven't have been taken to the temple and public schools where already many hundreds are packed in comfortless security to add to their sorrows hardly any food can be obtained and half matsuya has gone hungry to bed if bed it has at all we don't know how wide-reaching this may be if it is at all extensive you may hear of it by wire we are under his wing so safe always now is the time to live our hymns after all the waters are in the hollow of his hand he holdeth them there when i was a little child i took that quite literally and used to think being drowned meant going down till we just touched his hand friday october twentieth it seems more like a month than a week since i began this letter little thinking as the story-books say what was coming now instead of peace and prosperity all around us is desolation the villages for miles and miles have been covered there is want and sorrow everywhere until monday at midday the rain poured the tempest raged and the waters increased then came the eagerly watched-for rift in the cloud but soon the heavy leaden grey closed above us again and that night the flood rose higher at last came a decided break quickly the water fell till we could see the streets again and to-day except near yokohama where it is still deep i suppose it is not much over the ankle but the poor people with their ruined homes and the sick old people with no shelter and the hungry little children a relief fund has been got up and this afternoon the christians are going round to the most needy with rice on tuesday evening we went out in a sampan it was so strange to find oneself thus locomotioning among streets and houses and through gardens it was the dreariest vision of dreariness we paddled into a once dainty little garden and up to the home of our head catechist then he and his wife plunged knee-deep in water and groped their way in the flood had risen so swiftly and suddenly here that on sunday morning they had wakened to find themselves swamped and only escaped in time now they wanted to save a few of the things which previous to their flight they had piled on shelves out of reach of the water our poor abode was perfectly desolate all the lower rooms had been flooded and of course even yet the garden is a pool looking under the lifted boards in the dining-room i saw water touching them still but we are very thankful the house has been spared most of our belongings are uninjured at least so far as we have had time to see my baby organ was safe after giving up one's things it was lovely to get them all back when we got home that evening we found miss porter here she had been away in an outlying village and literally had to fly for her life an hour or so after she got out the road was impassable and many were drowned 
one whole boatful was swamped and all perished a girl was seen floating down her dark hair veiling her white face nobody could reach her and she was dead we have not heard half yet for the roads have been blocked and yesterday no communication could be passed in or out oh how dreadful it is for the thousands who have lost their little all and for the poor frail old men and women saddest of the sad jane has been away at a little village four or five miles from here where we feared there might be need she has come back much distressed the whole place was a sea only the upper rooms were yet livable in poor women and children sitting quietly and literally starving no way of getting food nobody to bring them away she heard one old woman say to a little child see look at the foreigner she will bring us rice but they didn't beg it was simple hopeless misery she found twenty-three families in this state and all round it is the same we don't know what to do or how to help one out of every hundred oh if we could only telegraph home i'm sure you would send us something we are gathering all we can but it's not half enough the destitution is a very great deal worse than ever it could be in england because of course there are so few to do anything there is just nobody in these scattered hamlets the christians are taking it well not a word of complaint only earnest efforts on the part of those who can make them to help others they are so cheery over it all or try to be for gasped one as we tugged her through a torrent of mud i want to joy and be cheerful but i can't and a moment later after struggling into a grown tinctured grin if look sad people think christians not happy in their troubles so i smile which was the most practical attempt at obeying the precept rejoice evermore i had ever come across please don't forget the great ask of this letter just now hearts are touched and awed open doors are once again around us do ask that in his name we may enter in and that many may through their great sorrow and need find the living comforter end of chapter eight recording by expatriate in bangor maine